Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I'll bring us down a little bit. We'll get the volume back to a more reasonable, non-existent level. Hello, everyone. It's the State of the Industry episode with the great Aaron Bruski, who has re-emerged from his B-150 creation cavern, fully shaved, might I add. Look at that handsome devil. I got to say, man, you don't look a year over 44. As long as I'm hitting the over-under, that's all good. <laughs> How you been, man? We haven't done a show together since... I know. March? February? <laughs> Other than our conference calls, which yeah, I do think count. qualify as shows. They are yeah. show-like. Hey, the poor sales reps that have to talk to us. You know, <laughs> I try the, the many that line up to try to partner with Sports Ethos. Why do they? they why do you think I mute myself on those calls? It would get bad in a hurry. A hurry. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's we we just talk. You know, it's it's we don't get to talk, so we just talk and we do it at other people's expense. Yeah. Um, isn't well. that a chief complaint of when we're on the show together is that we don't cover anything basketball? It is, and so I kind of wanted to preempt that this show is not about getting you ready for your fantasy draft tomorrow. Specifically, I think some of the stuff we'll cover will be helpful fantasy related topics, but by and large. We're going to be having a little brew catch-up today, talk a little B-150, we'll talk sports ethos, we'll talk fantasy basketball as a whole, because the last year has been a freaking crazy one for the fantasy industry at large, not even just basketball, like across the landscape, it's been wild. We will talk about the fact that you are wildly overdressed for this show, and I am wildly underdressed for this show, and the people that are listening to the traditional pod channels need to know, Brew uh, <laughs> had sales meetings today. And he's in a just a really nice blue button down and a tie. And I'm wearing a shirt with a roll of toilet paper on it that says, that's how I roll. <laughs> it was a flip of a coin as to what they would uh, see today. Yeah, you didn't you didn't wear your on, uh, on, on, on sales pitch duty. You, you yeah, didn't know uh, you didn't wear your that's how I roll shirt on your sales meetings today. I actually have one on underneath, and, and what closed <laughs> the deal is I just ripped it open. Yeah, boom, buttons flying oh, everywhere. Mm. And they were like, deal, sold. Can we but talk yeah. about something that, uh, can we talk about my shirt for a second, actually, since this is this show is going to be all over the map? What do you see that's wrong with this shirt? I don't want to hear it. I do, just don't want to hear it. The, the, the toilet paper is fine. It's the right direction. It's not the right the direction. It's backwards. It's inside the roll. That's lunacy. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, Dan. Are you an inside roller? 73% of America agrees with me. <laughs> no, that I, can't I be true. I'm doing a Twitter poll as soon as this show is over. As soon as this show is over. If Which I'm way? Wrong, to... the poll is wrong. I'm just, <laughs> it's Elon. Elon's favorite way to do the toilet paper is the way that you do it. Oh, that, come that on now. <laughs> you well, this, well, so I feel like this, this shirt is false advertising because this is not how I roll. I would flip it i guess that'd be what horizontally like latit longitudinally latitudinally it's not the none of those words you don't, is you the right you word you don't use the three seashells dan <laughs> <laughs> there's a no. solid 73% of our of our target market that's too young or too young yeah to know what that reference is yeah that Look one the three seashells that was a big, that was a good one that was a deep cut can we? I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but honestly, the shirt that I should be wearing, that's how I roll, is like, or how that's how I want to roll, would be a picture of a bidet. I hope our listeners are, I, I, I want one. That's like, 
If you win, if you're in a high stakes league, if you're in a high stakes league and you win it on Sports Ethos advice, I want a bidet to send up, send show up at my door as the tip, but only one of them. I don't want to get like fifteen. That'd be weird. I kind of think a bidet is going to show up at your doorstep now. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time that something weird like that has happened to me. And by the way, if this is not the kind of show you're looking for, then you're going to be in for a long forty minutes, everybody. Yeah, because we're getting weird on today's episode. Um, I was, so many folks know that I, uh, besides my, my play-by-play background, I did work at pregame.com as a sports handicapper for a while, uh, largely NBA, but also, uh, Pac-12 football, which now I think saying that I did that is an antique since the Pac-12 won't exist in a year. Um, but there were, I didn't know. I have no idea how much people were betting on the advice that I was giving, but apparently some people were betting quite large amounts on it. And so one day, uh, one of my my readers had heard or seen me talk about the fact that my apartment in Ann Arbor, Michigan, had no air conditioning in the summer, and it was like 92 degrees inside, and a rolling AC unit showed up at the door. So that was pretty cool. The one That's and only saying. time. I think you're going to have a bidet by the end of the... <laughs> basketball season i would imagine i, I, I hope so man this? i i would take the odds that you're getting a bidet somebody out there is that appreciates dan Bespris enough to send him a bidet is that chalk is this like a negative was like minus minus, minus, minus 210 that i'm getting minus a, 120 getting a bidet so how you been man how's uh let's start with it's let's start with the b150 how's the b150 going these days the B-150 is in the best place I've ever seen it. It's, it's, I'm like pinching myself. Um, I all, all praise to Andre, Andre Limos. Um, you guys. He's watching are... by the way. Oh, what's up, Andre? Yeah. There, there you go. In. Hey, there he is. <laughs> I think it's. Me and Andre have talked for weeks. We, we know each other's families. It's been, you know, just an amazing experience because as some of you might know i have this thing and it's now it's not it's rsi was the previous diagnosis um diagnosis repetitive stress injury now it's thoracic outlet syndrome you know, more it's people when, know that as like the steven strasberg injury yeah and you know what's crazy um his experience was the exact same as mine minus the 273 million that he made in his career you fool um, you've done this all wrong I stopped pitching by choice. <laughs> and you in went into college. typing, typing about fantasy sports. Typing. Yeah, I went for the uh, lucrative fantasy sports field. And then, um, oopsies. Yeah, it, uh, no, but I mean, I, I, I was at the cusp of the time when they really started uh, lowering pitch counts for younger pitchers. Like they, they just started doing that when I was there. And uh, I was doing 150 pitches in a game, I was doing like 130 on two days rest. So I really threw a lot of innings um, from like 16 to 18. And um, my doctors have speculated that that is at least a contributing factor to some of this. Uh, a lot of it comes back to the computer and um, all of those 10,000 word brewski breakdowns, all of those blurbs, all of everything associated with working on a computer too much. I mean, it's really, we had a reader email and he's a doctor, you know, and he's on the other side of the world and he's dealing with it. and. Everybody that I talk with that's dealing with this right now knows that it's an emerging area of, you know, not science, but just like people are dealing with this because computers are now firmly been in the landscape for 20, 25 years. People are on devices and screens more than ever. 
and it's just silently kicking everybody's ass. And um, Strasburg, he's like, I got misdiagnosed with carpal tunnel. I had two surgeries and I feel like it cost me time in my recovery. And then they went and I think they did the surgery that I'm possibly looking at to remove a rib up here. And what's happening is all the nerves up here are compressed. So my hands, um, you know, I can barely type. And you guys might notice I'm a little thinner. Um, I've had to rework my entire body, uh, which is great. Like I've been able to get in shape. Um, I exercise like an hour plus a day. It's, uh, it's kind of taking me back to the old days. Um, but that's all just to not get crushed by like, you know, I still have to use a computer. I still do things with dictation. I still peck, you know, with my fingers, like as much as I can. Um, but if I kind of like, if I let it loose and I type an actual sentence that was previously setting me back for four or six weeks at a time. So, um, now it's not as bad. I, I kind of get one to two weeks setbacks. Um, I have a team of various medical professionals that, you know, like my acupuncturist is now aiming his needle into the specific muscle that we think is causing nerve compression. Um, Ouch. you know, all other, it feels wonderful by the way. By the way, I threw it. I put. Uh, I decided to get fancy, and I threw uh, thoracic outlet syndrome on the on the screen here on YouTube. So now, oh, <laughs> that's, that's nice. Well, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, some people. I just, you know, people, programmers, you know, high, high. Um, people work a lot of hours on computers. They'll just be like, "Yeah, my arms tingling," or like my this or that. And I'm like, "Dude, stop! Just stop right now!" Because if you push through it, it actually increases the penalty by years. So. If you've been working a computer job and you type a lot and you're feeling some pain in the back of your neck and, and then it's like, oh, my forearm's sore, you know, don't push through it. I did. And, you know, that's my style. Uh, I even had to deal with that as a um, kind of a, you know, one of the contributing factors is I just sort of maniacally went at things throughout, you know, my entire career. And um, now I, I, I work more efficiently and I kind of think my projects out and it's, it's a much better way of it's, it kind of took the injury to get me into a better, you know, mind space for this kind of work, but it's been um, a weird little positive in, in the, except for the pain and the suffering. And yeah, except I think that, the stuff. That, that stuff, I think the thing that's been most, most frustrating is not like I've been able to keep up because of the high stakes leagues and I just don't want to lose. And I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose to this injury the competitive aspect of what draws me to this in the first place. So I've just sort of protected that as well as raising my child. So that's kind what of does draw, what does draw you to this in the first place. Let's go it's down that rabbit hole. It's, yeah. It's the competitive aspect of it. Um, you know, and, and folks picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter. And suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. 
Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. You know, people can do this for different reasons. You know, it's, it's some people do it for community and want to hang out with their friends, you know, and, and some analysts, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not an analyst. I just tell jokes or whatever, or, you know, like I'm, I'm not an analyst. I don't take this seriously. Um, I know for most people that, you know, I'm around, most of us are trying to compete with this. And so for me, it's like, you know, one of the last few competitive things that I can do and, and really, you know, almost even in an unhealthy way, you know, I think a lot of times competition, <laughs> oh, no. you know, especially once you get to know these guys in the NBA, half of them aren't healthy, you know, mentally, you know, they're, they're pushing too hard to their goal, you know, and, and that is what made them so great. And so on my end, what I've really tried to do is distill what do I like about the competition and then what might be a little bit unhealthy about it. And and I even like to trend a little bit toward unhealthy with this competition. It's like a guilty pleasure. You know, you go eat some ice cream. You're like, oh, that tastes good. I know I shouldn't have had that, um, but but I like it. You know, anyway, um, this is my so that- one thing that I can do that I can really pour my heart into. So the last couple of years, and I've been dealing with this now for four or five years, um, I've really siphoned off that. And I made sure that no matter what, I'm still at the level of competition that I want to be at. And the problem is I haven't been able to deliver that knowledge, you know, via content because we're, we're running a company here. We got so many different things going on. And because and quite, typing is, is almost impossible typing's for a you. Huge, typing's a huge thing. And then um, even talking, you know, there's um, an activation of the muscle that's doing the compression as, as I talk. So as I've been working with Andre, and so this is two years in a row now that I've had somebody sort of um, transcribing and, and doing a lot of the data entry for me. Oh, shout out to the one guy that, that tried to make fun of that disability that's in the industry. Yeah, it was a real good joke you made that one day. Um, it's been a lot of talking, you know, and it's, it's actually been a really, it was, it was great last year. Um, I did it with Ben Hood, who works internally with us. And then um, this year with Andre. I'll throw and, him back up on the screen while we're talking about it. Yeah. And so, you know, data entry, it's one thing. Um, one of the things I noticed in year one, doing it this way is as I was talking out my ideas, you know, and this is a really laborious process. It's a 400 hour process. Um, and, and it hasn't gotten much more efficient, you know, in terms of hours, even with transcribing and, and working with another person to get those thoughts and get those numbers into the places that they need to go. But you have to talk your thoughts out. So I found in year one with Ben that I was talking more angles than I had even pre- ever previously done, you know? Um, and, and that was my first clue that having it be in a somewhat collaborative process was there was more gold to be found. And then, so uh, this year with Andre, well, one before, of the well hold that, on, I'm, I'm going to jump in on you here before we get to, before we get to this year with Andre, how did you feel like that process helped you evolve last year as you're like talking more things out? Where did, what did that get you to that you hadn't gotten to in the past? I, this is fun for me. Actually. I haven't done an interview on this pod in a long me, time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it got me to more. It just was more angles. Right. So if you're staring, if you're by yourself, I think there's a there's a, a little bit of a benefit to being by yourself in that you can really just turn off all the noise around you and just kind of go wherever your mind's going to go. And it's going to be, you know, this like super fast, you know, analytic process that's going going on in your head. And I think there is some strength to that. But the talking it out piece. So you're talking and you're talking and then you're like, oh, crap, 
that's an angle I hadn't even thought of. Just as, as you have to verbalize your own thoughts, I just found that I was getting to more angles. And then even having another person, you know, um, you know, Ben wasn't a basketball expert by any means, but he was pretty rock solid. You know, he knew more than I gave him credit for. And I, I realized that on day one. I'm, so cl- I'm, clipping, sort of, I'm clipping that to send to Ben, by the way. You should. He'll be very happy. <laughs> um, the uh, So just to him asking like a question, you know, maybe even like a layman's question but, or a more pointed question, a little bit of the pushback or even just a, can you, can you explain that to me a little bit more? Now I was thinking, okay, here's an angle that I just thought of that I don't know if I would have hit if I was going 100 miles an hour on my own. So um, now, how does that, that evolve with Andre, who is a uh, ac- who is a basketball expert, and now we're learning an expert at Excel? On Andre, you're what the hell aren't you good? And an expert at picking potatoes, by the way. Shout out to Andre. It's Potato Day. It is I'm Potato not Day. I'm not joking. Um, it is definitely Potato Day. It's it's been just a dream come true because he's got professional experience, you know, playing ball. He's connected throughout Europe. We're talking basketball concepts that I'm just frankly aren't talked about, you know, anywhere in, in any sort of discourse that's out there. Sure, I'm sure people are talking about these things somewhere, but you're not seeing it online. You're not seeing it in the fantasy space. You're just, it's been a, it's been a, a breath of fresh air to go through these things at the most base basketball level. You know, what is a new team with new players? You know, everybody's wearing name tags. How is that going to look in terms of an offensive philosophy? How is it going to look in terms of a defensive philosophy? Where are players going to stand? What kind of play types are they going to run? You know, what is the the degradation of a player or what is the incline and the ascent of a player in a given area? Who is the teammate they're playing next to that's going to either make that fly or make it not fly? We are hitting every angle underneath the sun with this thing, and we're doing it so efficiently. And um, it, along with the data side, is to me, it's been, you know, I'm as confident in this as I've been at anything. And so um, that's been a real pleasure. We're ahead of schedule, I should Yay. add. Yay. Well, the users will enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've, one of the things that's been on the radar the entire time. And we've been sort of teasing that in the last couple of days. Oh, are you about to drop this thing? Are you about to give the the secret? Oh, I mean, you can if you You want to. You give me a forum and you let me talk. I mean, why don't I mean? Do you want to talk about the other stuff? No, I mean, if this feels like the perfect opportunity to tell people what has what's coming to Sports Ethos in the Fantasy Pass as soon as potentially this weekend, might as well let them know now. This is probably the last podcast until Monday. Yeah, I know. I mean, might as well, because I mean, in terms of where you're spending your money this year, we have, so we've always fashioned ourselves to be a data company and, um, you know, building out tools and, and really leveraging our, our knowledge. And when you think about it, we got, you know, 20 people here. She should probably go, go be doctor somewhere or something. Excuse- you know, um, <laughs> that was a shot at me and I know it was, yeah, but I'm going to let it you yesterday. I knew you thought that was a shot at you yesterday. It was not a shot at you yesterday. No, but well, saying who's to be a doctor as I am a med school dropout. I'm going to let that one go though. So you can continue That's to give everybody days, this good news. Um, <laughs> what is, what is scumbag? I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I know like, the we thing. Got all these really super talented people. If you just don't find that anywhere, like, I'm sorry. You know, NBC got rid of their talented people, you know, five, 10 years ago, you know, like places 
you know, the, the, the ESPNs of the world are getting rid of their people left and right. The athletic are getting rid of their people left and right. We have 20 people that are geniuses at what they do. We want to harness that and put it into play in ways that people have never seen before. And we're currently talking about that right now and delivering that in some of the stuff we'll be releasing in the coming weeks. It is super exciting. Um, and, and what we've decided with projections, we kind of look at it as the, the most core atomical unit of what we do around here. Getting Andre involved with us and, and really being able to kind of just get that going. I think we knew early on what we had there. And, um, you know, we've really been able to lean into that lately, especially as I've gotten a little bit more healthy. Um, this projections engine we've built and that you guys are going to see this upcoming year. It's by the way, it's just version 1.0. It's, this is just the small, tiny slice of what you guys are going to see over time. It's going to have the best projections period, you know, whether you're, you're talking about gaming, whether you're talking about DFS, whether you're talking about season long stuff, and it's all built on the backbone of the principles of the B150, which we've taken 20 years or so to refine and we're now at the place where we're kind of exploring the far reaches of what basketball numbers do and what player evaluations do to basketball numbers. So when we um, talk about what we're going to be doing here, we, um, you know, say with, it. With what we're going to be releasing, say I, know, it. I just don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Okay. Um, we're going to start with a quick and simple release here during draft season. And that's going to be, a draft tool that I'm personally going to be using in my high stakes leagues because I think it's better than anything else that's out there. Now it's going to be an Excel based product. Um, the reason that we like that right now is uptime. It's going to be something you can use without worrying about, is it going to go down in the middle of my draft during draft day? And I've seen that happen plenty of times with stuff out there. And that's a brutal thing. You know, you've got two or three big drafts per year that you put all your money into or you put all your time. It's with the most important people, whatever have you. You can't have things go south. So um, this particular tool, uptime is a big deal. But um, we've also been able to program um, Intel into it using the B150, B150 projections, but even the Intel and in how drafts occur and draft analysis to make it better than anything else that's out there right now. So, so we got a we got a draft tracker at Sports we got a draft Ethos. Tracker. That's that's freaking huge, man. That is it, we've been teasing it and I didn't know when we were going to officially drop it, but we're dropping it here on this pod. There's your there's your little easter egg for sitting through me and Brew talking about my bidet. <laughs> we got a draft tracker and it's going to be in the fantasy pass. I can go ahead and do the marketing for you here. Uh, it's going to be in the fantasy pass. Uh, and each subscription at Sports Ethos will get the B150 projections into it on the day that they would get access to the B150. So like Ethos 360 folks who get the B150 first, they would get that in their draft tracker on that same day. Up until that point, it'll use consensus projections as you can then sort of build your team out uh, using whatever it is, like big box site numbers which are not going to be as good as the B150, but they are a really nice starting point to see how your team is building out with Z scores, with per game, with totals, with all that stuff. Uh, this is a game changer because Sports Ethos had has not had with, I will apologize because Solo's done a nice job on, on projections in the past, but we haven't had like legitimate tools before to compete with the big boys, and now we do. 
And yeah, and, and if anything, it wasn't Solo's fault. It was it was the blame WordPress. Of, <laughs> yeah, it was. It, you know, there's a lot of things that you know. This industry has been pretty um, rocky, I would say, over the last five to ten years. Yeah, well, we can you know, get into that here too. But we only have yeah, no, I, we got 14 minutes left 14? before I got to run, so I don't, I might before let you steer Danny a little. To, before Asher goes to uh, we got son. Well, catch day it's, without it's a dad. catch. It's a catch day, man. I'm not kidding. I told Brew this before we went on air. The the Asher just started machine pitch, uh, which is Ooh. like, it's this. Not every little league has it. It's between coach pitch and kid pitch, where like kids get used to the erratic nature of fastballs, and the field is bigger, and it's like six year olds are not quite large enough to handle the full size little league diamond. So there's this in between. And that's what this session is. Uh, and the balls are harder. The The coach pitch balls have a little squish to them. The machine pitch ones do not. So, like, this is an opportunity before the season starts for all the kids and the, and the dads to get together at a park. Or mom, if the dad's not available, obviously, included as well. Uh, and just throw a ball around. Get used to, like, the speed, the feel, the texture of it. Um, so I, I want to make sure I'm there for that because uh, it'd be silly if Asher was, throwing, Asher was throwing to nobody on the other just- side. Just sitting there kicking dirt. Yeah, that's a sad ass kid right there. <laughs> we got so many things we need to cover. Um, but one of the good news items here is that Brew, you are going to be back regularly on the show now, especially leading up to the season. But we're going to try to keep this going at least weekly during as well, which is going to allow us time to talk about individual players and yes. trends in the league. And you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and I don't want to cut off all of our remaining time, was. You were talking about sort of this B-150 last year versus this year and even going back to when you were doing it solo and could type out the whole B-150. One of the things that I've noticed for this season, the large, the the big-name player turnover is less. Last couple of years, we've had a lot of guys changing locations. We still have the Dame and the Harden stuff kind of hanging over everything, and that might change the way I feel about this season, but... How does that impact your B-150 prep? Do you feel like... I think I've asked you this before. I think you like it when there's a lot of roster churn because it gives you an opportunity to sort of beat the public a little bit more. But how do you feel about the last few seasons as it relates to player roster movement? Yeah, no, I do like more churn, more churn. Anything to make it more difficult. Um, the The public, you know, they're going to get the public moves right and then... The experts, if they exist, they're going to get, uh, you know, the other stuff right. I, I just, with more challenge, it's better. And it doesn't bother us one bit. Like, I, I welcome it. It's, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's, um, you should know the answer with this stuff. You know, if you're, if you're in the expert, you know, ranking business. Um, so, yeah, we welcome that. And that's, that's something that um, I don't think there's as much of that this year. So uh, that's a little bit of a bummer, but I do think that there are some pretty good degree of difficulty teams out there that we've been able to crack open pretty, pretty nicely. And and as the uh, early B one fifty results have rolled in, we're pretty happy. What do you do with a situation like Damian Lillard right now? Are you handicapping as if he's already on the Miami Heat? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Short answer to that one. What about Harden, where the destination's a little bit more nebulous? No, 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 we're not, we're not there yet. Yeah. So you can you you just kind of leave him out for now? No, no, um, no. We've left him there, but it's um, you know, 
you just got to move when the market moves. So, you know, as of right now, he's there, you know, if you're doing, if you're doing a draft today, would you touch James Harden? I mean, it's tempting that the fir very first thought, especially playing with the guys I play with is like, all right, you got to look at this and you got to look at it hard, you know, like it's an opportunity to get somebody theoretically in a top eight, you know, upside position and a guy that three, four years ago lapped the field. He lapped him in eight cat. He just, it was the, probably the best fantasy season I think I've ever seen minus some of that Michael Jordan stuff from back in the day, Wilt Chamberlain stuff, you know, back in the day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really um, tempting. And you look at it and you go, can I get value here on, on draft day, especially in an auction draft? Is he going to just drop like a rock? You know, could you get him for pennies on the dollar? And then, yeah, I think, and those kinds of formats, it gets way more interesting, but somebody in the public is going to grab James Harden at a level. That's just not something that I would do. Yeah. You'd think, although these mocks I've been doing, he's, he's going at like 27, 28 these days. So there's that's eh, tempting. Kind of worth it. I it's mean, tempting. It, this is a player that's basically just kind of damaged goods. Yeah. He's, repeatedly. Yeah. And, and, and what, how does that manifest? Does it manifest in the form of an injury? Does it manifest in the form of he, at one point in time, got scared to shoot. Yeah. I mean, literally got scared to shoot. So yeah. And plush, plush James Harden ended up with all sorts of hamstring issues, which is like the least surprising thing of all time. Okay. I know I've been, I've been taking us down this path here. I know you want to talk a bit about the industry because it's been a weird year for fantasy basketball. Roto world pretty much got blown to smithereens less than a calendar year ago. We've seen other websites, um, DFS sites. I think I was talking to Greg Ehrenberg who said that their site laid off like two sports worth of people. What I like, are we dead brew? Are we a dying breed? I, I mean, is there like, I well, that depends on that argument we were having yesterday. <laughs> I'm a very much alive. Maybe. No, 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 no. I'm, I mean, we're kidding. And I'm, and I'm doing a little inside joke here with Dan. I, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's on the table that we're dying. Cause I don't really think, I mean, at the end of the day, people love sports and they love gambling and they love fantasy. That doesn't seem like it's going to change though. I will say in the basketball industry, there are very few people that are really understanding what's going on with the state of the game and the state of the content and the sort of the state of what it all is doing to season long fantasy in general. I don't, I don't see a lot of people really understanding that a head to head has major problems. Like you cannot keep having leagues that are decided by luck. And yes, it happens in football all the time. I get it. But as far as the core foundation of your, your game, your sport, if you will, if it is decided and by it, mind you, NFL football has ways to deal with this as well. You know, that I don't know that is as accessible in basketball. Um, but with head to head, if you're constantly dealing with the silly season, and it's right after the trade deadline. It's right after the all-star break. And there is no semblance of competition in that, um, in that zone. And, and this is what you're gearing up for all year. I think that's a big problem. Um, other than that, you have Twitter is a total dumpster fire. Like it is as 
I've ne- I mean, we always used to complain about it and we used to think it was really bad back in the day. Yeah, That's it was nothing. great then. That was nothing compared to right now, which is basically a race to beat the algorithm, to get as much engagement as possible. And it's just really interesting when you look back 10 years ago, what the behavior of people within the industry was compared to what the behavior of the people in the industry is now, which prior to say the Twitter algorithm change, I think people just behaved how they would normally behave. Like just, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an analyst. Here's my picks, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and even, Kind of one of the things I think that we prided ourselves at, at Roto World was, is we were not sucking up to anybody, like anywhere. We didn't have time for it. It wasn't a part of our language or our lexicon or anything. And all we cared about was content and beating the crap out of whoever, you know, fantasy, you know, competitor, fantasy site, getting the analysis. Our big, the thing that got us going the most was if we could get a blurb out faster than the next guy. And that, you know, so there was, there was just sort of, I don't want to say a swagger because that's, you know, it's funny. We're fantasy sports analysts. I don't know if we have swagger. I don't say I, I, this might be a swagger free inter, uh, industry Who until, knows? until I get but, my bidet, then I'll have swagger. Then but. The swag is coming. But now it's just like, how many um, engagements can I get through networking? You know, how many, um, you know, pod appearances, you know, sort of like, intra industry can i accumulate and and the actual work of being a fantasy analyst or building a fantasy um you know site even at the at the the large sort of um brick and mortar legacy outlets you know the, the ones that were entrusted with this industry that had all of the weight you know that that were able to have distribution that that could get their stuff in front of the masses you know talking about the nbc sports of the world they kind of just squandered it. And that was one of the things I noticed when I left was, you know, the leadership just wasn't there and, and they just kind of didn't think that they would ever be toppled. And, and, and now, you know, they're just laying off everybody and, and they're just kind of rolling over and they never didn't really take any time to improve their products. And they just kind of let whatever happen thinking that they were just going to kind of roll over and be the best at all times. Yeah. And I, I mean, just jumping in, I, I, I've talked to a couple of the folks that are, that are over there in a part-time role and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. So I'm not going to say any names, but that their experience has been like, we don't know if we're ever going to get to be full-time. We have no idea what this thing amounts to. We're all just like plugging holes for this company until, you know, shrug emoji basically. And, and, and frankly, it was like that when I was there, but not that bad. You know, where it's like, there's not really any direction and, and you're just kind of, I think they were banking on the TV contracts to sort of be the, the only thing that mattered that they could bring fantasy in and create eyeballs to sell to the NFL and say, Hey, we can bring this many people via our website. So let's get the TV deal. And there wasn't any thought process beyond that. So when you put all of this together, you've got everybody used to congregate on Twitter, but now nobody can find anybody's stuff because of <laughs> Elon, you know? So there's that. And then um, basically everybody wants to be the next great influencer without really doing any of the work that created a thing like Roto World, which dominated, just dominated industry. Yeah, you know, we all read it. A, we all read it. it Anybody be... in my age group read it. 
all of us. And it offers tremendous value when something, when a piece of news hits and you get a fantasy take and it's put into a place where you can get it easily. And then by the way, there's all sorts of other stuff that fantasy people like and they can get. It's like the work that goes into one of those, which we're doing here at Sports Ethos, it's a tremendous amount of work. And by the way, it also creates the best analysts. If you look at the Roto World tree, you know, all of those folks that worked there about 10 years ago went on and did something else. And those places are all really good. And it was the work of doing the blurbs. It was the work of doing the work of being in the industry that, you know, created all this. And, and now it's just, you know, I'll do a couple podcasts a week and hey, I'm an industry guy and, and, and we got this. And that works to some degree. But now you've got, you know, a platform where you can't find anything on Twitter and you've got multiple kind of voices out there and people are kind of going, okay, who should I listen to out here? Okay, there's like 50 different analysts and it's really hard to decipher who's doing what and the content's all out there, but it's just not, you know, it's not packaged in a way that's going to be sustainable over time. So uh, I think on one hand, that's a very bleak picture of where the industry's at. Yeah, we got like 90 seconds for you to make it sound less bleak, Brew. I got you in 10. Oh, all right. Sports, Sports Ethos has you. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> we, got, we got you. I'll allow we're not afraid. Of, we're not afraid of hard work. And we've got, you know, all these people that are really, really good at what they do. And a draft tracker. Pushing in the same direction. We got a draft tracker. We got projections. Um, you know, we understand what people want, how they want it, how they're going to get it. And, um, you know, we're not trying to take shortcuts here. And so I'm just excited like I'm excited, excited. I mean, if everybody else wants to do things kind of the shortcut way and, you know, do it the way that it's been done, you know, as, as things have declined, fine, you know, we'll lap you. I'm good with that. Um, but I do think that at some point in time, like there's a more of a kind of a bigger picture within the industry that is being missed that if we do want this game to flourish and it's a great game season long is a game. I hope doesn't go away. Like it's, you know, DFS is its own bucket. Betting is its own bucket, but season long is just, you know, it, it's a fun game that I, I want to see more people play. So the, the, the sites that do things like games, you know, that commissioner services, things like that, they don't just decay. You know, we're seeing that like two or three out of four big commissioner sites don't even do an update within 15 years. You know, you're why you're talking about ESPN, aren't you? You can say it. No, he didn't say it. He's waving his hands. He wouldn't want to say it. I don't it. know. I don't know. Yeah, it, maybe. But but you get problems. the point. I think that the, the demand is there. The interest is there. I think people do love this game. And just, you know, this Twitter thing, I think, is going to expose a lot of things about the industry. But supporting the people that want the industry to proceed that aren't so interested in you know, 15 seconds of fame, I think that's actually... You know, one of the things that we can collectively do, whether it's us as a company with people that we work with or, um, you know, people who are interested in the state of the industry, you know, just support the people that are working hard. And that's where we will put a pin in it. But Brew's going to be back on with us next week, once, maybe even twice. We'll get into some more. Uh, we got a few more things on the industry front to go through. I know we ran out of time on that side. We've got uh, a number of fantasy basketball things to cover I want to do more on Dame. I want to do more on Harden. I want to get into some of the buzzy names at the top of drafts. I got a whole laundry list, folks. Don't worry. I got plenty of questions for Brew, especially now that he cleaned up and came out of his, uh, I like to say cave. We can call it a lab if you guys like. Either way, 
someplace with Dave with lab. some dim lights and and an internet connection, and that's that's basically all he needs over there. Uh, one more shout out to Andre, who's hopefully gone to bed. At Aaron Bruski, I'll point the right way on YouTube. I'll get it eventually. At Aaron Bruski on Twitter, I am at Dan Bespris. Please like, rate, subscribe, depending on however you're taking this thing in, and we'll get back at you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. So long for now. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.